And you're very welcome along. It's season three. It's episode seven of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward, and Daniel McDonald. And we have Harry Kenny coming on the show today. He'll be with us in about 10 minutes' time, before which we're going to discuss uh, the Ireland game last night and a few other matters as well. We're on Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and we're at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And we're in association with Airsport and Independent.ie. And thanks to all their listeners for tagging us in their tweets around the country last weekend. And don't forget to give us a rating and review on iTunes. Daniel McDonald, how are you? You've you've had a pretty busy week. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a fun time, John. No, actually, I don't know. Is it fun? It, it is. I suppose there is something when there's something that you 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 feel like change that's been needed for some time might be happening, but then at the same time, uh, there's always that sense of 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 wondering, um, have we seen this all before? And then it, it goes away. But I I do feel that we are potentially at a moment of change in, in Irish football. So fun is the wrong word, um, but but certainly there's a certain exhilaration around it, but then you're also waiting to see if it really comes to pass, you know, because... Um, How would I mean, you because, up because, the... because, because ultimately, like, you can't really be... As much as sometimes there's, there's there's a certain giddiness around, like, a big story and something that's been building, like Gibraltar was nuts and stuff... Like the the the, the fundamental fundamental bottom line here is that uh, we've had a situation in Irish football that shouldn't have come to pass, where uh, one person and a group of individuals have held power and held sway over Irish football for a long period of time. And there's actually a real sadness in that because you know some decisions that were made along the way um, have probably affected football negatively. Such in as. Well, I mean, just when I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the cutbacks over the past decade that a lot of people in Irish football have had to withstand. Um, you can go through a variety of them from, you know, development officers and, uh, you know, various people losing their roles, prize money issues, just general issues of, of funding that can be traced back to pretty questionable decisions when it comes to the pricing of the stadium. And yet people who were maybe at the top of the game didn't pay the price really for for those mistakes and there's been a sort of a feeling of austerity around the game below the top table and yet at the top table then people are now hearing stuff um about so additional expenses and the salary in itself was already an issue and now there's just real concerns about sort of governance and we were told all along that the finances were in order, the finances were in order, everything was in control, and then you have this bizarre story of a bridging loan and from from the CEO of the FBI to uh, his own employer. It's, 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 we, we've always taught it to a degree that we've been living through a very strange era. I think, I mean, we're a League of Ireland podcast. There's a lot, been our audience here, listener, are, are very League of Ireland orientated, and that would be obviously their their focus. People involved in League of Ireland would, would naturally sometimes be be wary about speaking about the the, the culture uh, from the top of football in this country. There's almost a nod and wink element about it, as opposed to maybe. Uh, coming out there and speaking because people have to I can sort of understand that as much as it's frustrating as hell at times they have to sort of look after after the wrong punch we've had against uh, the five grand development that that, that was an example yeah yeah. and we but we've had such an unfortunately like the way this there's a historical way where football in Ireland has been managed um, which is in fairness it predates uh, 
the current regimes or whatever you want to call it. Um, I say current as of Wednesday afternoon as we speak. We don't know what's going to happen between now and maybe when people listen to this. Um, but this idea of sort of, sort of, because clubs themselves haven't been maybe run that well, and so their relationship, their, their relationship with their the, the the governing body in this country, that there's an element of well, at times they need a favor here and a favor there, and then that's sort of reciprocated, maybe going the other way, and um, we have this situation that's being created somehow that when the governing body of the country uh, is doing its job and helping out with stadium projects and 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 strongly lobbying and and doing stuff that you would want the football association to do, it almost feels like. That those actions now have are engendering loyalty from the clubs in question who've benefited from it, and we see this how how the politics of the FEI has been managed around the country. That there's a favour here, there's a favour there, and it's all you know. That's that's you dispensing the money and like like that. This is this is our way of doing this. It's it's the parish pump sort of model has been the Irish football model for a long period of but time. But the notion that the Fianna Fáil guy who's going to be on the Rockets committee actually got World Cup tickets off John Delaney yeah. kind of summed it up. Yeah. Um, we're, we're sort of dancing around it a bit here. But just, so, just to make one, one thing, you're, you're, you're a football journalist on the beat every day. Has anyone any explanation whatsoever for why they need 100 grand? Like, it just makes no sense. Um, no, and, and like you hear that... Because um, the statements haven't exactly clarified. You hear that like John Delaney has, has bumped into, say, certain say, pundits that were maybe involved in TV coverage and so on and, and is explaining it to them. But I'm not aware of what that explanation is that's been offered. But, uh, I, again, I mean, the, the FEI have said themselves on the record in a statement that there was a short-term cash flow issue that required it. Now, you don't actually see so, over so, 100 so, grand. So, no, listen, I don't think anyone's really going to debate that this is a normal thing to do. <laughs> you know, like, but, but like the whole point is when you have the... You know, when you, when you have an association with a turnover of like 49, 50 million quid, uh, you, and you have quite substantial banking arrangements, as we know, because, um, uh, you know, bank debt has been the big story over the past decade. Um, then the, f- the fact that you end up in a scenario where you need this is certainly unusual. That's the comment that the T-Shirt has used. It's unusual. And it's a bit of a goo-boo about it. Yeah, there is. And um, there's no doubt like that what's changed over the past couple of weeks is that people have sat up and maybe started to take notice and again look into historical issues with Irish football that maybe people who are on the beat for a long time have been banging about for ages and it hasn't been like, there's no doubt there's probably an element of political grandstanding with some of the stuff that's happening here there, there can be no doubt that that's the case but there was too often there were times when there were relevant stories about Irish football that were being put out there over the last 10, 12 years or so through a variety of reasons, you know, be it the debt, be it the advantage club tickets, whatever it might be. And there was no real interest from the political world to get involved. Well, well and, and, the Minister and, for Sport has been deathly silent on the whole matter. Yeah, but the Minister for Sport, I mean, we've seen the Minister for Sport's tweets from football matches and from events. And I mean, the Minister for Sport, I mean, what can you say? You know, like, what can you say about the Minister for Sport? I mean, like, the, the Minister for Sport's job in Ireland probably says a lot about sometimes the Irish political relationship with sport in terms of who gets that particular role. It might be a young a young guy learning the tracks, you know, who's, who's learning the ropes uh, and, and climbing the way up the ladder. Or, I mean, how Shane Ross 
is, is in that position. It, I think in, it's one of these other things that in years to come we will look back and wonder exactly how that happened. But but anyway, my point is that the history of Irish football, bring back to the League of Ireland podcast, and what it's, it's like, for example, some of the songs that we can't really repeat the details of, right? The the actual lyrics that were sang at the Aviva Stadium. I think Shelburne fans actually were started off singing these some of these tunes going back eight, nine years ago. And um, through the sort of early 2010s, do we even call it that now as an era? Um, well, if the, if the senior international team was winning, then everything in Irish football was okay. And that's always been the problem with Irish football, that it's all about the senior international team. And what happens with the senior international team um, is, 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 is king. And all the daytime TV presenters and a lot of the, the mainstream sort of light entertainment presenters in the country, they just feed off the results of the senior international team. If the, if the team is going well, uh, then Irish great. football is great. And if the team is going badly, we need to have a discussion about Irish football. And what happened last autumn was that things were going really, really badly with the senior international team. And that instigates a broader debate. And that's also tied in with the... Uh, the, the the change in climate in English football, which means that we can't just rely on having Premier League players to get through our senior international team and not having stuff going on beneath it, right, to a suitable level. Uh, and I think what we're seeing now is that a lot of waste and stuff, you know, stuff that's been in place for 10, 15 years, a sort of a staleness that it's it's all just people are realizing it's coming out now. We're, we're, uh, we're one of the one of the most expensive countries in the world to live in, right? Yeah. And football is our most participated sport, and we accept a situation where there's no prize money in our professional game. Yeah, and and we're told to, uh, yeah. I mean, the prize money thing is is just one thing. I mean, there's I mean there's there's people who are on thirty thirty five grand a year who were let go, and which is and, roughly what his house was and, costing, and are now seeing things like that, and mm. it's an it's an insult. You they know? did well getting it for three grand a month, though. It actually looked like like in Dublin terms, like that's one thing the FAI will give them food for. Do you know? Yeah, um, but yeah. seriously though, what what do you envisage happening by next week's podcast? Because the board situation seems to be untenable. But if the board and it's been suggested by people that the board has to go, Delaney has to go. What sort of board would take place then, or who like who's? I think we'll deal with. The, I think he crossed that bridge when he come to it. I think is it a revolution it, it, in terms it's, of Irish football? Well, in now? some res- I don't know. I mean, in some respects, the fact that. Like we we might you know Irish football might be so reliant on one man is absolutely damning in its own way. If people think that one person leaving a board requires an entire reshuffle, but what does that tell you? Like what? Do, like if you if you have a strong boot room, you know, in a sort of a, a football club line, that if a manager leaves, well, it's okay because well, listen, there's, they're, they're surrounded by all these top quality people that are ready to just take over. But actually, what we've seen over the last 10, 15 years in Irish football is quite a lot of good people. I mean, so what annoys me actually is that we have to sometimes speak generally about the FEI, and everyone who works with the FEI and wears an FEI tracksuit then gets labelled as the FEI, and then people say, well, the FEI are what's wrong with Irish football okay but what we know actually is that there's there's two strands there's a lot of FEI employees and then there's the FEI board and the council and this shambolic sort of lack of real change the same delegates in the same positions the board no elections with, for a long time would have been no change and then there's actually very good FEI staff who've done some really good work great under 19 results over the past week uh, good people but by the way anything they do is like credit is is, is sort of Drained away from them towards uh, when they qualify for tournament. Well, we got the manager. Like, and my point is, a lot of good people have left the FEI, 
right? Uh, and that's very well known. A lot of very good people, that's football the people, have left in way, the it? FAI over last period of time. Disillusioned, drained, um, and there is an opportunity to lift a burden that's hung over Irish football here. And uh, there's a lot of people outside it who've never really cared about that. And so, yeah, there is grandstanding politicians getting involved. And you have to look at it and go, yeah, but they are useful because it's highlighting stuff that um, a lot of people, let's be honest, who've been around the scene for a long time know what's know what the state well, the, is. Well, the, the thing about dictators is, right, they're, they're one thing, they're paranoid, they're generally charismatic, and thirdly, they live in a bit of a, an alternative reality. And John Delaney's, you know, persona in the corporate section last night was... I literally couldn't. I was so astounded by it. it. Like if I if I were in John Delaney's shoes last night, you couldn't keep a lower profile. Just mm. get out of them. And he was posing for photos left, right, and centre. He's lost his shoes on occasion before, of course. <sighs> I don't know. It's, but it, it was it was just you. You nearly feel a bit of sympathy for him because it's just how are you how are you doing this? You know, um, are you not ashamed? Do you not have shame about what's going on here? And the, you know, I mean, my sympathy would be reserved for other people who've left Irish mm. football over the past period of time. Mm. Like, I mean, J- John Delaney has done well from Irish football. We know that. So, um, I know I going to there's, get people, there's, people, there's people, there's people, uh, there's people around the. What does Shogun have to say about this? Uh, there's, there's people, there's people, you know, there's people around the country whose uh, departure from the FAI over a period of time has, you know, has been way uh, quieter. And, and and less glorious. Like whatever happens now, whatever happens now, this time next week, um, you know, who knows? John Delaney could still be the executive vice president, the EVP, who's our MVP, you know? He could still Nicely be Nicely done, Dan. He could still he could still be here, right? But and, and wherever he goes now, and even if he even if he does depart, there's still people around the country. There's lads around the country. There's a John Delaney Park in Clonus if you want to go there. There will be lads around the country who will always welcome him in and always say that this man, you know, he brought the facilities here. Now, the money might have come from the state funds or the money might have been from uh, UEFA grants, but the, their view is that John Delaney brought this here and they, that will be it forever. If he goes, there will be people saying, well, there was a lot of love from last night. Let that man go. There was a lot of love from the room. So he'll be okay. From, from so, so he'll be grand. There's a lot of people who've left mm. the FBI who just left and they, leave, and they leave the game. Lastly, so, on this, do you, do you envisage Niall Quinn getting the job as CEO? I don't think. I don't think. Um, but he ruled it out in the context of Delaney being there. But that wasn't. Ruled if there was, it out a, at if all. there was a complete and utter departure and there's a new start, it's very I suppose, possible. I suppose all bets are off. But I mean, look, it's Wednesday afternoon. What three o'clock? <sighs> Things have happened. A lot of things have happened over the last week, and we can, we can just leave it. I'd say a lot of people might be listening here to just get a break from this, so we can't probably take the you know <laughs> Sorry we can't about the last we, can, we can't uh, you know can we put in some maybe we put in a disclaimer like maybe maybe we insert a line at the Harry start saying fast forward to like fourteen <laughs> minutes or whatever, and you can get to this. But at the same time, uh, you know the tennis balls on the pitch and stuff. Uh, whatever people think about the idea, it just goes to show that we've actually had a good week of senior team results, albeit performances. You can you can Looking have a debate about, to it. about that. But now. but but well, no. But I'm just saying that it hasn't deflected away from the bigger picture. Whereas before, there was too often that the national team results were used to deflect away from everything else, and you know. Bloody, you know, Ivan Yates and Marion Finucane and everyone says, well, it's Irish football's, you know, in great health, you know. You know, I thought you were going to break into a Marion Finucane impression. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought about it for a minute and I just thought, no. I mean, what what affinity would she have with someone who was paid very well, I wonder? 
Anyway, shall we bring in a guest and uh, move on to the next segment of our show? But there are limits to your life. Harry, Kenny, how are you? Good, thanks. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me in. Yeah, um, it's great to have you in. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful kind of summer's Wednesday afternoon. And you think he looks very uh, sharp, John? Very sharp. You've What's the story, John? Well, uh, I don't know what to explain. Do you remember there was a show years ago on uh, ITV? It was it called Wolf? Was it called Wolf or something? Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. But there was a bloke who would turn into a dog, right? <laughs> so what would happen was... Wolf would head off, like, I don't know what his name was, Wolf. I'm guessing his name is something else. But he had the ability to turn it into a dog. And you, and then he would... Did he go into a phone box or something? And then a load of clothes was left behind. And people would be confused by all this clothes. So anyway, I was parking up today. <laughs> and I saw Harry Kenny walking out of a house with a load of clothes in his hand that looked like had been... I don't know, just like that, that straight clothes that have been left yeah. somewhere. <laughs> so what I... You're like, you're like well, I'll tell you what happened there, Daniel. <laughs> I pulled up, and I've been coming from training up from Selbridge. I was in a mad rush, but uh, I pulled into the street here. It's hard to get parking here. And, uh, Your car's been clamped in the meantime. Yeah, probably. I robbed one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> probably more likely. Princess Street, everybody, just to be clear. <laughs> but uh, I pulled in and uh, I was looking for somewhere to change because I was in the smelly training gear. And uh, I asked the woman across the road there, is there a coffee shop or anything there, boy, where I could nip in and change? I want to go naked for a few minutes. <laughs> the husband was there as well, by the way. <laughs> and uh, she says, oh, sure, come on in here into the living room. Just she the said, two of you. No, no, the hubby Johnny, was let there. Him tell the story. <laughs> Johnny, let him tell the story, please. So uh, I went in anyway, and uh, I, I changed in there, but got to talk to your man. He's an ex-Rovers player as well, as it turned out. That's mad. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Dublin is like that. It's just, yeah, yeah. Who, 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 he played for Rovers. Yeah, I forget what you said his name was, but um, real nice man, nice woman, and actually gave me a parking ticket as well that I could use because... It's crazy expensive out there as well. That's. But, I don't uh, think we can top that, that story. For that's the dubs, isn't it, for you? Great. Trick well, the, I, so you tricked the connection pretty quickly. He was telling you about Liam O'Brien or something you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It? He was away with Liam's brother on, on holidays, Michael O'Brien, ah. uh, not so long ago. So he knows my mother-in-law and father-in-law who are only down and there. And you changed in the living room? Changed in the living room. Did they room. close the door and leave you a bit of privacy <laughs> when you were doing it? Or did they sit, I mean, no, they closed the door. It was uh, grand, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I, I, Dublin. I was offered uh, tickets for the Club All-Ireland Finals on Sunday the day before by the taxi driver just overheard me. He was a Dublin season ticket holder and he's like, I'm not using these tickets, do you want them tomorrow? And there and then, like, and it's like, great city at times. Yeah, that's it? the dubs for you, yeah, they're great. What you make the match last night? Very good, yeah, enjoyed it. There's, there was a sort of an atmosphere that would have brought you back to... The old days. Mix even old days, yeah, absolutely. And what was there, 40,000 there? Mm. Just over 40, yeah. Yeah, it was good, I really enjoyed it. They played well. Trying to play a nice brand of football. I thought the Georgians were quite good in the second half, mind you. Um, they could have got an equaliser. But Ireland should have been out of sight before half-time. Two shots on target, though. Was it only the two? two? Yeah, it, it looked as if they were dominating it and mm. uh, playing well. Um, yeah, I, I thought Ireland played really well and looked to play, at least. And uh, Whelan in the middle of the pitch, I thought, was really good. He, he was my man the match, actually. I thought he, um, for, for a lot of his legs, was he was in the right place the whole time. Yeah, he was... Uh, Controlling the game, bringing people into the game. He was stop, stopping what they were trying to attempt. And uh, it was a good performance all around. What do you make of it, Dan? Yeah, I, I, like, 
I've found it. I, I've been to pretty much every. I've, I have been to every Ireland game for the last thirteen years, taking their home and away. So maybe the bar is set low by some of the games in recent years. Whereas maybe someone dropping in, like I know you weren't too impressed, Johnny. But like I was I, a little bit under. I, I, I was a little I, bit under I, the I influence was, last night down Fairness. Well, I that, that, <laughs> corporate got the better of me. You did. You, so you sent out a sort of a slightly. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of taking the pace, but it didn't even read like that. No, I bet like you were like having trying to make a name for yourself, Dunphy yeah, style stupid, around ten o'clock. Oh, did you actually yeah. regret it? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was, I was, I, I was definitely, yeah. But no, in fairness, taking that away, I, I didn't think we were great at all. I well, just thought I we think, got the results. I think that we two shots yeah, at target. Oh yeah, okay, but you can, a bang average. Side. Yeah, but you can pick the stats. You can listen. You can pick whatever stats. Won the game. You can pick whatever stats you want. Sometimes, like, yeah, that's fine. There was David McGoldrick shot in the first half wasn't on target. You know, the nineteen pass move that led to a disallowed goal. Uh, that wasn't on target because it was well, it wasn't target, but it was struck out. You know, mm. you can pick other instances from from the game. Um, there was a plan in terms of how Ireland played. There was, yeah. there was a sort of a structure, as well. there there was a structure, structure to it. Yeah, well, as a manager, though, how hard is it for him because he's had so little time to do anything? Do you know, he's had no friendly games in effect. Not that hard, right? You, you don't have to have a, a whole pile of stuff on the training ground. I mean. Nowadays, you're you're even looking at videos and stuff and telling people where they should and shouldn't be that type of thing, mm. um, and using the tactics board and all that sort of stuff. But not a whole pile. I mean, you're you're talking about Premiership, Championship players. Yeah. I mean, if they don't know their stuff at this stage, you know, you well, worry about them. Were you surprised at his selection? Not overly. No, I I could. It totally paid off, basically. Like. Yeah, it did. I I could understand the Doherty Coleman thing. That certainly didn't work against Gibraltar. So. Uh, I knew I sort of knew he was going to change. That was just a matter of who was going to play it right back. And Coleman is a sort of a, a proper right back, whereas Doherty is more of a, a wing back. So mm. I could see where he gave him the nod. But uh, the selection, then the rest, not a whole point to pick from 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 the rest. Um, yeah, I I, no, I wasn't I surprised. Yeah, either. I think what we what we need, and like it's like every team and every manager at any level is to get the best of some of the players that you have. And I think what's pleasing is the likes of Conor Horan is like his Irish career barely hasn't started yet. Really, yeah. he and looks like he's playing. He's, with he's, he's, he's doing yeah, well in the championship. Yeah. He's doing well in the yeah. championship and hasn't. He's played. I think he might be up to maybe ten or eleven caps. But you, you, I think to be fair, a lot of people would struggle to remember the impact in the previous. You know, the previous That's ones. Right. You know, yeah. McGoldrick, who was out of favour for the last period of time. And even someone like Andy Stevens has got a great chance now, yeah. and he really he rates very him. Well. He, he really rates well. him, and, yeah. and and I think sometimes with Irish teams, you can the fullbacks can tell you a lot about, like how many times has Seamus Coleman played for Ireland and has not even get got a, got into the final third at any stage of a game yeah. because we just haven't had the ball yeah. to get him into yeah. the positions. And Stevens had that chance in the second half last night where he was in the six yard box nearly, and for the nineteen pass move that that. Hendrick was offside Coleman was at the other end about to tap it in so you obviously uh, like that 19 pass we're going on about it that never happened the 19 pass move did not happen for the last 10 years well no I'm just no. saying I'm so just it saying. didn't though it's like it's, no. it's refreshing it's I'm that just, at least and the fact I'm, that they played Whelan gave the midfielders like a licence and you saw with the goal that Hendrick got in Gibraltar the midfielders weren't coming at the edge of the box in our previous regime. They weren't. They were just sitting so deep. And I think it was one thing that Mick pointed out. He's like, we have to get more from you guys coming on to breaking balls like that. Mm. And it was liberating to see that, I thought. Yeah, no. and, and But I think as well, you know, Harry, that you, like you're playing at home and you have to... Like too many of the home games haven't felt like Ireland are the home team. No, whereas, whereas you felt like even that, that Hendrick tackle in the first half last night, the Medder, you felt like... But the Georgians aren't comfortable. Like, no. do, do you know what I mean? And that's like they, they were the last time Georgia were here. 
they're meant to feel they like played us off the pitch yeah. the last time they, they were 100% here. did yeah Didn't and they? do you know the funny thing was Harry like looking at them last night we obviously were very bad like because they're 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 okay but like yeah. that night we looked so poor technically compared we to them we did yeah and last night we were fairly comfortable yeah yeah. I mean the, the the first half was was very good. I was I actually expected more from the Georgians last so night. I, yeah. I thought they were going to be a little bit better based on when they played us the last time here, but um they were a little bit disappointing on that front. But into the second half they looked a little bit more dangerous. They pushed on a little bit more, you know. As a League of Ireland manager, like were you very encouraged by the fact that he was so positive about Jack Byrne and he's been at games, he was at the Pats Rovers game, uh, the Pats Cork game actually anyway, and Robbie Keane was at the Pats Rovers game, but that he is giving League of Ireland lads a chance as well. Ah, definitely. Yeah. Well the the proof being the pudding when he selects people and mm. begins to play them, you know. It, uh, I don't know whether he had Jack in his thoughts about playing him or you bringing him on. You can just imagine Jack like moaning to him after the game, wanting to get a run, boss, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely Jack. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I was around with the 21s when Jack was there. Like, What sort of kid is he? Uh, Confident. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, good. Very good technical player. Really good. He was very good against us, actually, a um, couple of weeks back. But um, he, he he wouldn't be behind the door in the, on the training ground or around the um, dressing room or anything like that. Um He's good lad. What's the crack anyway? You're back in you're back in League of Ireland management uh, at St Pat's, and uh, you've had um, mixed start the season maybe. Yeah, mixed start is right. Um, delighted with the first two games. Obviously, we won them. Um, beating Cork with a penalty. There wasn't too much in that game. Um, it was next up after that. I'm trying yeah. to think. I know you drew against Harps and UCD after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the second oh, game we went to Sligo and beat Sligo 1-0 late goal yeah in an awful awful conditions like again there wasn't a whole pile of football Liam likes to play a bit of football I like to play a football but in the conditions that were there on the, on that evening there was nothing really played but uh, Mikey Drennan enjoyed his goal that an night an absolute uh, yeah it was something in injury time like and I've never seen Mikey uh, celebrate like that before um so it was the, it was great, yeah. I it's just a sound and sorry, Dan, that um you've scored three goals and it's not like you're a bad side going forward. It's just it it's strange. No, I like to play an attacking brand of football and the lads that that I would have signed would have th- uh suggested that, but um I mean you've Chris Forrester, you've Mikey himself, Shazi, Brandon Mila, Brandon Mila, Reese McCabe, you know, Dean Clark uh, scored a few goals for Pats last year, should be chipping in. But um, no, we're, we're not quite there just yet. But um, honestly, against Waterford last week, we played really well in the first half and we should have been a couple of goals up before they got their first one. You were jipped by the referee a bit that night as well. Oh, stop. Yeah. Mikey's goal was a definite goal. Like mm. uh, I don't know where the lines went. Um, seen an offside there. Um, yeah, I, I was really disappointed with the <laughs> officials. Yeah, as a, as a manager, you know, as, as a coaching team, like you, you signed some excellent players, some really good midfield players. How much of a challenge has it been to almost accommodate them all and find out how they all function? Because I mean, Jamie Lennon is another one we haven't mentioned. Is been yeah. excellent involved with the twenty one setup yeah. and everything. But him off the bench on you Sunday, know, didn't you've he? You've got Clifford, you've he got did, Forrester, yeah. you know, you've got Mila, McCabe. Like, did you have an idea going into the season how you would use them, or are you still? I, I had an, I had an idea how, how I would use them, but uh, I was um, just a bit of background on how I tried to I tried to sign Reese McCabe. Um, early on because he's a good midfield player in that but that sort of fell through because he definitely wanted to go to America and, and play and then all of a sudden Chris Forrester came along and I'm looking at either one or the other but um, the owner was very good and said like 
would you take the boat, really? So uh, mm. I had an extra midfield player. It's nice honestly. when owners say that. Do you want <laughs> the two of them, actually? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. th they were sort of in the pipeline, but uh, Reese had gone away, but then came back to say his American thing had fallen through. And so he was close to going over there? Yeah, he yeah. was very close, yeah. yeah. I don't know whether it was visa issues or mm. some sort of issue, but uh, didn't get to go anyway. But uh, I'd been chasing Chris, um, keeping an eye on his career the last number of months, and uh, when he became available... I said, we have to go for him. He's a Pats man. And uh, I think there was only one club he was going to go to when he did come home. So you sort of got two for the price of one there. And that, that was an extra midfield player. So it's a matter of trying to get all the best players on the pitch. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do at the minute. You've conceded four goals, though. Like, that shouldn't be... Um, anytime I've seen you, you've been very good at the back. And Brendan Clark, possibly the best keeper in the league. Um, that's a lot of positives there, anyway. Yeah, we've been good at the back. Very good. Um Brought in Webby as well, um, who was a good sign and a good player for us. Um, but it's, ju it's just, as you rightly say, Daniel, trying to start out the midfield and, and the forward lads. I have a preference of the way I want to play, and I haven't really got stuck into that just mm. yet because it's trying to put people around. The other thing as well was uh, Brandon sort of picked up a knee injury in pre-season, so he hasn't been fit. And Chris won't mind me saying this, his condition was for a Scottish Premiership player was... Awful, way mm. behind all our lads. I, so. I can't get my head around that. No, neither could I. Um, and he'd be first to acknowledge that. Like, um, he obviously hadn't played anything with Aberdeen. And it was uh, like as if he was kind of clocking in, clocking out, but doing nothing in between. Yeah, yeah. And and, and when when you're one of them fringe players, and he started just disregarded, I suppose, and uh, he wasn't doing too much training. He's, he lost confidence, he lost fitness, and uh, he's a bubbly type of lad by nature anyway. And uh, we're just trying to get his confidence back. It's getting there at the minute. He's, to be fair to him, he's worked really, really hard on his fitness, and he's just about there. And there was good signs of that in, in Waterford as well. Uh, he had a better week. game in Waterford. He had, yeah. yeah. I felt it was his best game for us so far, so... Um, there's good signs of Because I suppose it's a tough one because there's such expectation around Chris as well. There's such excitement when he comes back. You can tell how much the fans love him. But then when he has a couple of disappointing games, it can deflate things a bit. You know, you, are you speaking to him, you know? It can deflate him big time because, you know, he wants to do well and, and wants to get back at it the way he was, sort of, the way he was playing with Peterborough even that time. He was really good with them and uh, certainly very good with Pats in when I was there in 2013, really good player. And he's that type of lad, he just lives for his football and, and he wants to do really well. And uh, I'm delighted to see there's good signs of him coming back. He's kind of like a lad that wears the weight of the world on his shoulders in a way when things aren't going well, you know. You can just see it in him. Oh, he takes it to heart, yeah. Like, most players do, Johnny, you know. like, and, and he's just a little bit extra on that front. He, he does take it to heart and he gets him down a little the, bit. The funny know? thing, you can't come into this league kind of 80% at it now anymore. It's just like, it, it, like in the, the Rovers game in particular, I thought like the Pats, mid, they just, you just found it so hard to get going in that game because of the quality of the opposition. Yeah, we did, yeah. And and they sort of took control of the ball and, and deserved our victory. But had we not had given away the, the penalty... The very rarely Desmond mistake. Very yeah, rare, yeah. yeah. And uh, Town are trying to retrieve the situation. But... <laughs> we, you'd have taken a point there all day, you know, and and yet we had a fantastic chance with uh, Mikey just before half time with the header at the back post. I was thinking that this Rovers have given up like they've conceded no goals from open play this season, right? In eight games, so I believe, yeah. That was like they've, I'd say, you can count on one hand the amount of chances they've given up, but that was one of them. 
where it was proper good play by Pats and Mila, or sorry, um, Drennan would have scored any other day of the week. Yeah, it was a great ball from yeah. Brandon Mila. Yeah, Cra- yeah. Like Mila, I thought he did a great game that night, first he, half. He it. did play well. But, but Rovers, what do you make of them? They're, they're strong. They're a good outfit, yeah, and they've uh, they've sorted out the back a little bit as well. Even though the personnel hasn't changed much, they've sorted it out and they're not giving up too many chances. And then the, their midfield is very good and Greg seems to have got a, a new lease of life in the middle of the pitch. Come on the podcast, Dan, and then gets a late winner. Gets the winner. That could be a good omen. Well, Harry's not going to score the winner at the weekend, but like you know, it could be, it could be, <laughs> it'd be a good story if he did. But like, it could, could have be scored a, the woman uh, earlier <laughs> on the week. <laughs> 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 Only for the husband. Was <laughs> but um, I don't. It's it's getting very compelling though, because that was a bit of a gamble for Rovers, um, and you could as four somebody, minutes to go. Was the somebody said to me like, "Well, Harry, or sorry, um, Har- Harp's team talk is done because like." They, yeah. they reckon they can come up here yeah. without their... And the pitch looks... It's one of those moments. I think I think the Bulger strike is one of those moments where, yeah, I think it would have really mentioned deflation. I think if Rovers had drawn that all up there... Oh, so many people are, oh, why did they play the game? They, play the, game? The, the, the win in, in Watford and the win, like two late winners, that you're just like, there's something about this Rovers team that whether they're slightly fluking it a bit... But there's something about them this season that they're nicking these late winners and haven't conceded a goal from open play after. Well, yeah, that's see, that's the thing. I mean, the, the points on the board that they have. I mean, they've played two more games and and there are two games against Harps. So that everyone's going to play Harps once in the series naturally. But so, the, but it just I think mentally, obviously, I mean, you've been involved in league winning, yeah. you know, squads the, as a the player. The goalkeeping issue was really big for them yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the confidence he must give that back forward there. He's he's a terrific goalkeeper, yeah. that lad. You know, yeah, yeah, and they started messing around the with keepers last year. The issue would be if he got year. injured. Because we don't, I don't really know much about their subkeeper, but Manus is so important to them. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, but I don't know, the, like the way Lee Grace is playing, they're just like Manus has very little to do in games at the moment. Yeah, yeah, mm. but the, the presence of him and the, I'd say he inspires loads of confidence there totally. around it. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. J- just one thing on Stephen Bradley when when they lost five two last season against the Dock, people were kind of expecting maybe that he he was gone. But as a manager, it's kind of strange that he's been given the amount of time, and it's kind of it, it, it basically reflects well on the Rovers' board. I know they kind of got rid of three good managers fairly quickly before him, Pat Finn and Crawley and uh, Stephen Kenny, but it's paid off in the sense that they seem to be getting there. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they've learned from that, Johnny. You can't be just chopping and changing managers at the drop of a hat. It does take time, as I'm finding out this season, to get a good team to gel together and... Uh, as you rightly say, fair play to the board for sticking with them. And because you must have, you must have half in your heart and hearts, heart of hearts last season thought he could go and I could be in the running for this job. You were mentioned as a potential. Obviously, you have a great connection with Rovers as well. I have a good connection with Rovers. Yeah, at look, you do think about these things, but uh, I was delighted to get the the Pats job um, on the back of the Bray thing. So. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled where I am. I just like to be doing a little bit better at the moment. Yeah, days, th- yeah. that th- that year out of the game as such after Bray. I know you obviously you know you were involved you know working with the FBI. You've taken a break, but in terms of you know day to day management of senior players, I mean, like after Bray, did you need a break or where, what was your? Because obviously it was a challenging <laughs> aspect to the end of the Bray thing. Uh, well, I thought that was a challenging environment. Yeah, um, I was only there sort of a, a year and a half, but. Uh, it's something I always wanted to do was have a crack at management in, in the in the National League. And I didn't really need a break now. Mm. Um, I enjoyed, despite all the shenanigans, for want of a better word, going on in Bray, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being involved in the National League and pitting your wits against other managers of the ilk as Stephen and Nutsy and all of these people. So I enjoyed that and things went well there. And uh, 
I was itching for another crack at it. Because it's, I mean, you're now managing like a full time club, basically, you know, a full time yeah. sort of yeah. uh, dressing room in terms of senior level. Like, it's taken you a while to get there in terms of like, it's not as if you've, you've come straight from your successful playing career into straight into it. Yeah. Um, was it something that was always there with you as an ambition or um, something in, in latter years? Because obviously you've been involved in the game at various levels with various yeah. teams. and Yeah. Um, like I was managing a little bit on the on the junior team with a team called Ashtown Villa in the Leicester mm. Senior League. But uh, I have a, a sort of a business background where it wouldn't have allowed the time anyway, Daniel, to go, yeah. go and manage in the, in the National League. So um, I stuck to sort of keep me handy and then doing my badges and licenses and stuff and got up to the pro license which then allowed me when I got out of that sort of business world to go and have a go with the, the National League you know mm, yeah but but even then once you got into that were you thinking then right I, w- I wouldn't mind at a full time club I mean the Bray environment was I know you had a good bunch of players there but it still passes still a step up in terms of your day to day it is yeah yeah it's the full time I know there's uh two clubs who aren't full-time in the league currently, but I think full-time is where it's at. And I think, uh, you know, if you're trying to do things right, no reflection on harps or bows or anything mm. like it, but full-time is fantastic. I'm out there in Selbridge this morning, like coaching and uh, looking after 20-odd lads. It, it's brilliant. And mm. then we go and have a bit of lunch and we're up to doing a bit of gym work in the afternoon. Like, But that's paid for by, you know, Gareth Kelleher, whereas it's not... You're you're not getting European prize money, or you're not getting prize money for the league, so it it is reliant on somebody actually funding it. Well, it is reliant on yeah, an investor absolutely. But um, you know the, the the crowds since the start of the season have been pretty good. You're going to be sold out at Daily Mount on Friday by all accounts. So I believe, well. yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, looking like a good game and a good atmosphere and two teams that be uh, looking for the three points. Yeah, is it different when you know your relationship with football? Is part time in the sense that you you obviously said you're in business, you were in work, you you know, so that would have been there all the time. So if you have a bad result, but you've other things in your head and, and going on, now you're like a full time manager. If you have a bad result, unfortunately, you've had a, you've had a, a break. Is it does it live with you more through this time? That's a great question. It actually does. It drives you nuts. It drives you insane when you, when if you lose or draw or you think you should have won a match. You're thinking about absolutely anything and everything, and you're questioning yourself. You're questioning the players. You question everything. You know, you you, you don't even sleep at night. Honest to God, like it's it, it's really like that. Whereas when, as you rightly say, part time with Bray, you're whatever it is, three nights a week. You're Saturday mornings and stuff, but you're off to work then. You know, you have another because you were involved with a sports. Yeah, business, lifestyle, uh, lifestyle sports. sports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have other things going on. Yeah, big time, and it, it just distracts you for the day, and then you sort of get into the football mode. Then uh, mm. um, after that, in the evening time, yeah. But now it's as you said, the odd sleepless night you've had in the last period of time. I've had a few sleepless nights in the last number of weeks. Yeah, you want to get on um, the mattress, Mick? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could be a good sponsor for the podcast. Actually, yeah, he would. Yeah. 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 Put, put him down there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking up. But um, yeah, it's that's that's very interesting. It just consumes you. It does consume yeah. you. Yeah, you're thinking about it. Not mattress, Mick. Though, <laughs> the results. But uh, yeah, it's. Do you, would you advise full time management to? I would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you like it. It's a drug, really. You know, you want to be at it and in it and in the mid tick of it, and uh, plotting things and doing tactics and whatever else you do. It's great. Well, we had um, Collie O'Neill on about the um, what was the name of it and the the data that uh, Instat, yeah, Instat that they're using. So it it seems to be at a new level now. The what you can actually find out about the opposition and that. Yeah, well, we 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 get the game of the 
opposition. Like we're we're looking at bowls all week and what way they play and don't play and what their uh, tactics are, what dead ball situations, corners, free kicks, throw wins. You can get absolutely everything. You can get information on individual players, all sorts of stuff. So it's so a great deal. You yeah. you'd need. Tons of time to go yeah, through yeah. all that, you know. So it must be a bit of bluff and double bluff as well, though, because bows are like, well, we know they've looked at us, so we need to come up with something else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, th- there's a bit of that. We all have everyone's uh, stuff, really, you know. And uh, but you, you really have to concentrate on what you're doing yourself, really. You, you can't get carried away with what bows are doing or what uh, anyone else is doing for that matter. You have to concentrate on yourself and make sure you're right before anything going into a game. I mean, Harry, I think I spoke to you over in Sligo about this um, after the, the win there. Something's happened in Dublin this year in terms of League of Ireland football in a really positive sense that we mentioned Bowes Pats is going to be sold out, we hope anyway, the, the, the home end is and we hope the away, the away end will be too. Um, the crowds at Rovers, there's, there's something like did that first game of the season against Cork when you have 4,500 people in Chicago must must give you just this natural lift. It does, yeah, it. yeah. It was it was a fantastic atmosphere, and we talked about that afterwards about sort of recruiting them back in again for the next home match. Um, and you know w- when you have an atmosphere like that, which it's was just, a nil all draw against Harps. Yeah, I know. Was that, <laughs> though, I, th- I think midweek. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there was a decent old crowd at that, uh, and we had so much of the ball, but we didn't really create too much in that game. But there was a great buzz in Inchcore the night of the car came though. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. the Rovers night as well. I wasn't mm-hmm. there, but you know, yeah. Did you that, sen- that was a cracking night. Like that was a, anyone at that game would just enjoy, it, regardless of what their hue was. But do you yeah. sense there's a chance there's been? I've, I would believe there's untapped potential in Dublin. Like look at the population of Dublin, yeah. relative to attendances. It's just enough hasn't been done. Yeah, but clearly it is being done now. To there some is, degree. yeah, to some degree because obviously the the, the crowds are starting to come back there and. Uh, the brand of football is very good. I, I would have thought social media w- would have helped mm. big time over the last sort of couple of years, and uh, people are just coming to have a look now. And I, I think they'd be surprised at the, the brand of football that's being played from most teams. Everyone w- is trying to play good football, you know, from the bottom to the top. You only have to look at UCD, what they're doing, and how well mm. they're playing, and the brand of football, and that's. Ferruja got a cracking goal on Sunday as well. Great goal, mm. great goal, little dink, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played well too. I was up at that, um, like Stevens done. What you make of that actually? Because I, I didn't see the game, but um, just I, by all accounts, Luxembourg were pretty dire now. But um, it was a great start and a great crowd as well. It was the biggest crowd since '95 at a non-21. Luxembourg still got good results in recent times as well, mm. though. You know, I, we can always say that the, the team that looks, the team that loses the game, could tend to look dire. Mm. You know, what I mean? yeah. but sometimes you have yeah. to make them look dire as yeah. well. You know, what you make they started it? well. Luxembourg, mm. they, they they created a couple of chances, but it was just a matter of Ireland getting into their stride. You know, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Like you could see, yeah, Steve and Stamp on it straight away. How will he get on the big job? Uh, I don't know. Really, it's, it's, it's such a big step up. Look at the bloody thing is all about players. It's it's not about formations or styles or nothing like it. It's about players. If you have the best players at your disposal, it, they're easier to work with. Like, honest to God, when I was back at Pats, we had a terrific squad in 2013 when we won the league. And, you know, they just went and did their thing. There was very little coaching on them. You just put a shape on people and they just go and do their business. Because they were players. Because they were proper players, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. But if you look at, um, I, I think when Kenny gets the job, look at Troy Part and Amida, where they're going to be as players. 
I know, I know we mightn't have much talent in the senior squad at the moment, but things like look at our goalkeeping situation going forward, there are a lot of positives. Yeah, there's loads of positives, and looking at that 21 squad, like, and I think they've all well, not them all, a couple of them have couple of years are under 21 before they, they'd even go on to the senior internationals and I would expect you know you only do go two or three or one or two going up to the senior but there was a lot of good players on view there Ida was very impressive mm. really good centre forward um, there was a lot of good performances on the night How do you feel about Jamie heading off to Toulon for a couple of weeks in June? Uh, <laughs> this, this is a problem coming around the tracks yeah, for, it is, for yeah. in this league. It's a great problem, but not for managers. No, you know? it's not. Um, yeah. I don't know whether you, well, you do have to let them go, you know. And um, it you've is. Jamie, you've bring in Desmond as your whole midfielder. Is that so? I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll bring you in as a coach, John. It'll yeah, be very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Hold on, I take a few like notes here, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you don't have players to replace him, I suppose. Well, that's yeah. As you said, mentioned earlier, I've enough um, to be a few lads delighted to see. Jamie and hopefully one or two others go off with the 21s but it is a problem coming down Like, mm. yeah. what's your view yeah. on it um, look it, it's great for the under 21s it's great for them players to be involved in a tournament in Toulon as you say um, I, I would have no issue with it I, I would encourage players to go and play for their country absolutely it was like Dylan Watts got his chance to play on Friday essentially because <laughs> yeah, 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 that's Jack right. Byrne was gone it's true Um I suppose every club, I mean, we are mentioning maybe Pats and Rovers there that might have stronger squads than clubs further down who might find it harder to, to cope if they have one or two. I mean, maybe for UCD and stuff, although they'll have always, they'll always have someone to come yeah, in. Yeah. I, I think that maybe losing the entire round of fixtures bar one last week might, it's going to might make people think again about seeking postponements when we get round to, because I, I think Kenny's going to keep picking pretty much a lot of these lads in a squad, I think it's fair to say. And there's a, there's a double headers and whatever about June, because it's a bit different, because Toulon isn't technically a competitive tournament. Um, but I don't know what way things will pan out then. But September, October, November, there's obviously proper qualifiers. Maybe September, October, obviously more relevant here. Um, so you, you might lose rounds of games, and, or will you? Will clubs just actually have a discussion and go, we might just plough ahead? Because I think give give some teams... If they went back in time, I wonder what they've maybe wanted to try and play on Friday. You know, mm. I know, like you know, who were you down to play last? Which game did you have called off on Friday? Who were you uh, to, Derry, Derry, Derry at home. Yeah. Derry have quite a few, didn't they? You know, yeah, like yeah, they two in the Northern Ireland. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, you have to have which is two a, or more. Yeah, yeah, which to is get a, it called off. Yeah, yeah. So I it mean, it kind of lends a bit of um, credence to the idea of a proper league, though, that we are calling off games. Yeah, I just think it's something that probably. You hope that it becomes the norm, but then you just need to think about, again, it's all about scheduling and stuff like that. Yeah. And Do you look for that to be a cup weekend or something? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm saying it off the top of the head without even thinking Not a about bad it. Idea, yeah. But like, you know, yeah. that's, I mean, that's in March, but September, later in the year, do you, do you think about it that way and, and try and... and, and like, I, I think this is going to be the way going forward. I don't think that this is a blip. I think we're going to have lads in, in the 19s this week. Well, just to mention that, like, like, um, the job uh, Tom Owen uh, seems to be doing. Exceptional there. achievement yeah. and like Regben, there's League of Ireland players involved in, in that. Um, so I think this is going to be the norm going forward just with the climate in England with the climate here we are going to have players involved in most international yeah. and you're basically ex-League of Ireland players managing the 17s, 19s and yeah but I don't think they're going to pick them because they're uh, but they have an affinity I guess no I don't, I don't think I think they have to pick them too yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they pick them just because they're ex-League of Ireland players they're good yeah. players you know and yeah. And and that's the way it's going to be. So yeah, it's a good problem. But I think it's. I mean, it's another compelling argument for extending the season. There you go. I mean, like it's pretty obvious that the season needs to be extended. And and unfortunately, maybe those two or three part-time clubs in the Premier might just have to be 
told to accommodate with it. Yeah, but from know? 2020, you'd expect that the prize money structure just might be such that it'll be a sustainable league and people, you know, th- that you'll be able to extend the league. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I, yeah. think, I think now, look, it's added another excuse to, to it's only talking two weeks here but I think yeah. even that two weeks could give you a lot more to yeah, breathe yeah a bit of scope yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah in general what have you made of uh, the eight weeks so far that we've had in the league it's like Rovers and Dundalk possibly pulling a little bit away yeah I wouldn't rule out Cork either they're Would only started getting into groove I think yeah um, like we just about beat them like it was a very even game when we played them and unbelievable it, save from um Clarkey. Clarkey, that Yeah, yeah, it was a great Pro- save. Probably the save of the season in week one, nearly. Yeah, it was a good save, yeah. Would expect it from him, though. He's, he's, Shot he's, stopper. Yeah, he's having a great season, and as you said earlier, then he's got a few clean sheets already, so he's doing great, yeah. You have a lot of talent in that team, like when you look at it from. We have a lot of talent, yeah, like right through, like uh, from the full backs in the middle of the pitch, as we mentioned, then up around the top, we're, we're pretty good. So uh, I'm waiting on us to. <laughs> Hit that button and uh, kick on, you know. Take the magic. Okay, let's now. We should look ahead to the weekend's game. It's funny you mentioned uh, cracking uh, round the games. Though. It's not a bad round of fixtures. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not overshadowed by other stuff, but there's, there's a very strong possibility <laughs> that it will be. Um, Do you reckon John Delaney's going to go to a game? I might be, no. <laughs> I might miss out. I might, might miss out the weekend. Um, I mean, we mentioned we've we've sort of spoken about bows and pats a bit, but the dark cork is obviously the because you mentioned Harry. The, like, don't forget cork. But I think this is one of these weeks where. That has to be the almost the message for Cork. Amongst we we should mention. We should yeah. don't forget well. us. Yeah. We should mention as well. We actually tried to get a Cork City player, but they decided they're just sticking to their press conference this week. So we, we we it's it's a struggle for us to get people up from parts of the country other than Dublin. Um, so we did actually try because obviously Cork have been uh, maybe a little bit forgotten this season in terms of the title yeah. race, but we but did we try. Able to. So um, and we wanted to get a Cork City player, just couldn't this week as it happened. Yeah. Uh, so it's not Cork. I mean, it is the big game. It's it's funny though how. Because Rovers are going well, like last season, every Dundalk Cork game had this build-up of title implications, and this is the first one that maybe hasn't quite had that. But I mean, I unless think, Cork win, well, well, this in the is last the, three uh, seasons, yeah, 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 it really yeah, is. Yeah. And you're suddenly thinking it hasn't. As I said, there's other stuff going on, but this is a pretty big game. It is. And, a big uh, game. Cork have hit a couple of uh, hit a bit of form as well. Great win over Bowles. Mm. Yeah, no, it sounds like. Uh, like Cork are still going to be they still have a very strong 11 they a very have, strong absolutely. sort of yeah. 14 there you know in terms of the options that they have and uh, maybe they, they might be tested by the run of games that everyone's facing coming up but I'd say like they'd be competitive you know the dogs seem to have got themselves in gear but then they had a break almost that might have just and checked their time. momentum a bit they had an announcement today I should say as well to do with the Temple Street Hospital they've got a new the third, third kit. kit announcement so I think every they're playing Pats in the A Sports Cup and uh, every goal they score in the cup competitions this year they're, they're donating 100 quid to uh, Temple Street Hospital big so incentive for you 100 quid 100 quid if you're 3-0 yeah, up with a few a yeah. <laughs> we will concede more goals if you're up at 2 a grand <laughs> yeah. if you're 3 up with a few minutes to go though yeah, you know, okay do, 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 let, do let it a couple gesture. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's other aspects to that but, uh, Vinnie Pert's interview on Off the Ball was I thought it was very interesting I'm looking forward to getting him on the show he spoke with uh, so much self-belief I thought you know because yeah, he's he been fairly he has, he's not interviewed after games really no. so we're not hearing much from Vinnie but he has to but it's, a, it's I mean like people probably don't know a huge amount about Vinny really to some degrees people within football do but like it is a high profile job. he was excellent and uh, I think people are trying to f- figure out like where's his personality on this team but I think they're starting to develop. And in some ways Harry you know what it's like having been a number two for yeah, a period yeah, of time yeah, yeah. and then you get out to being the, the number one and 
you have to. I mean, there's obviously an adjustment, an adjustment process with it in all respects. There is, and uh, you know, if I was him, you'd, you'd just say more of the same to the lads. But he's had a few things to deal with in the sense that there's been four or five injuries there over mm, the last the entire midfield decimated. Now. Yeah, it yeah. has. Yeah, and they've they've done really well. Like Sean Howard playing in that holding role for. Shields, he has done a remarkable job. Mm. He's done really well. But he's a lad that could. I mean, if he gets into his groove, he could nearly play anywhere. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, um, he he's a really good player. He could uh, play anywhere, as you say. Mm. You know. Um, what what do you make of um, Dundalk in general? You haven't played them yet, have you? No, we yeah. played them twice now. After we played balls, we played yeah. them in the EA on Monday and then in the league on uh, the following Friday. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. They they they're a good side. Bowes and Pat's Dan on Friday. Um, that's going to be a that's going to be a cracking game, would Yeah, I mean, like I mean, Harry's sitting here, but he doesn't need to be told. You know, you need you probably need to get a result out of this yeah. match after the the last couple of games. And I suppose from Bowes, I mean, talk about Bowes. It's sort of they had this they had this great positivity behind them. Then they they lose down in Cork, which checks things a bit. But I suppose there's an expectation growing around Bowes that no more so than yourselves yeah. in terms of the, yeah. the full houses. Regba scoring again crowd. yesterday for Ireland as well. Um, Do you know? Yeah, and I mean obviously the, in fairness, like the the, the last the Derry match they they lost Corcoran to an injury and um they've had the lads with the twenty ones like Leahy and and Andreas they're they're bringing them back in so I don't know what type of week they'll have had in terms of preparation with those sort of distractions but I like I don't know this is game like where are Bowes Pat's going to be at the end of the season I, I suppose somewhere you, around the same I don't know I don't know like these are the games that give you an insight into into where they're at and uh, I just hope this game delivers because the two teams have the potential to play attractive football but then derby games sometimes they yeah. have the potential it to cancel misses. themselves yeah, it does, yeah, so yeah, it, can, yeah. it can really swing both ways yeah. you know? well it's yeah. a stage for Chris Forrester to announce his return really because he's playing in daily mounts like down they, his neck of the woods he's from midfield isn't he yeah he's down around that area so yeah let's hope he uh, well, he has to be picked first before he uh, <laughs> actually yeah uh, without giving plays. away too many safe yeah. secrets so, yeah. um, where will you be Dan will you be at a game uh, I'm, I'm due to be at Oriel so hopefully I'll go on to plan what do you I make of that be... game yeah, I, I mean, I, the dog are getting into their groove, and and you'd fancy them in normal circumstances, and I think across the season I'd fancy them to finish ahead of Cork, but I, I don't know. I think Cork just like it's it's a nice game for them in some respects that they're coming in under the radar maybe a small bit, mm. with a bit of a point to prove, and they've shown like Cork if they have if they're fully tuned, particularly in the midfield area, they can. Like on that pitch up there, they can snap, they can get at them dog, they can restrict space, you know, they can make it hard for them. Um, I still, you still wonder where the attacking, maybe somebody attacking inspiration is going to come from. Um, and I'm not 100% sure at this stage, and dog, where they're at in terms of injuries and players coming back. I mean, that, that solution they had with Hoare worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I my, my confidence about them dog wouldn't, would, wouldn't be massively strong. Um, maybe compared to me a couple of weeks ago, I would have thought, yeah, that's the game they're going to win and, and move on. But yeah, no, I, don't, I, I disagree with you there. I think Dundalk are still the team to beat. Uh, I know Rovers are ahead. By oh, I think Dundalk will win points. the league. Yeah. I think this particular game, yeah. I think it can be. Who do you think will win the league? I still Harry? think Dundalk will win the league. Oh, Dundalk. Yeah. Uh, Rovers will give them a good run for their money, and I don't think Cork would be too far behind. 
But um, I still think Dundalk, they have the biggest squad and the best squad, you know. Well, it's amazing, Dan, the injuries they've had. And it's kind yeah. of been half seamless. No, I, I just, I'm just saying, I think this particular game, because of the history that these clubs have. I think and, they'll win. And Dundalk won, Dundalk won easily down in Cork in the President's Cup. That's really. right. I just think I the Cork might have a bit of a, a fight in them this they don't week. Need I mean, a team if, talk. if they don't, then you'd be a small bit worried. Yeah. But I'm just saying, across the season, I'm, I'm still with Dundalk. Derry Sligo, Northwest Derby. <laughs> yeah, I still, Sligo do have a couple of questions to answer. I see Dante Leverock, by the way. Who yeah. uh, I spent time with him recently, did a piece with him. He captained Bermuda to uh, the con- qualifying for the Gold Cup for the first time in their, oh, in their history. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I spoke with Dante. He's a, sort of a nice story in terms of his, his dad passed away and that inspired him to get back into professional football properly again. And he went to Estonia and that's how he ended up in Ireland. He's a lovely fella. And when I spoke to him, he was really anxious to go home and be a part of this game. They actually played away, I think, against the Dominican Republic, but, you know, he was back in his, in his, in his region. They were dreadful. Against like or against yeah. Shamrock Rovers, but I think they'll probably be a lot better on Friday night. Um, they'd have to be, I think. I mean, I think Derry have got at home in the Brandywell. I know Dundalk did win up there, um, but uh, Derry have got something about them um, this year, and I'd fancy them to win that he's game. He's put a decent squad together, really, like so late in the yeah, season. Yeah, you know, yeah, a lot of turnover, but as much yeah. turnover as anybody, really. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, they're doing well, and they're playing decent brand of football, and. They got a point there in Daily Mount as well, didn't mm. they? So there's a bit of steel with, with them as well. Yeah, I think they're a good side, Terry. You want to you want to give the fans a bit of entertainment yourself with it. Looking at the table, there's seven goals in your six games. Like you're averaging nearly a goal a game. It's not getting not getting too much. We've scored seven. No, no. seven altogether. He's, he's Johnny's also telling you to concede more goals as well. Yeah. Oh, more well, sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was, I was just thought you had your facts wrong there. I was going to correct <laughs> you, but uh, no, no, it's definitely true. John, Johnny's interview for a place in the past coaching staff is getting worse by the minute. To be honest, uh, Waterford Harps straightforward. Um, yeah, like you think Waterford should be capable, but like Harry's been on the receiving end of Harps coming away and making it difficult for yeah, a team, you know, and the receiving end of Waterford last week, but yeah. uh, or the week before. Um. I think Warriors will win that. Um, yeah, I fancy what, and I fancy Rovers at home to UCD to win as well. I have to say, um, as much as UCD, I think it's Tala, a potential bananas decent game. pitch. Yeah, you see, they'll go and ping it, and they'll they'll use the width of the pitch, and they won't yeah. be afraid to use it. Whereas other teams, they like, did that you know, up in Dundalk this yeah. season already and played really well. They were unlucky in in the end, but. Uh, They'll, they, they'll play their football as well. They won't be afraid to. We should mention Rovers as well. The first live game of the 29th season, which will be on Airsport, the first live game on Airsport, is Rovers against Bowes on the 23rd of next month. And then the 26th, Dundalk versus Shamrock Rovers. So an absolute feast in that week for uh, Airsport. Um, and it's a cha- the cha- I must say, it's a challenging spell for Rovers. That's the thing. Rovers have good points in the board. but They've had a soft enough run. Well, no, it's, they're, in the mid- harps twice. they're in the middle of a, yeah, of a kind enough run-ish. You know, Sligo Rovers at home. You City at home although that, you know just be careful if you approach it that way but their April is their April is tricky so things is can it? change yeah. like when you get into this run this is why I fancy them talking you know like when you've got the seven eight games in whatever 24 days the bigger it's squads yeah. the bigger squads can steamroll through it and yeah it, it holds others back yeah it does you know? yeah, and yeah. I think the table, the table will take more of a shape but I mean, we've spoken about that already it shouldn't happen that's what the season should yeah. be a couple of weeks yeah, longer that's right. you know? first division Dan um, Athlone and Longford was on Sock Republic on a very strange Sock Republic on Monday night where they managed to get in a bit of international women's football first division one game and one game for the Premier Division but um, Athlone and Longford actually looked like I, I thought the refereeing in the game I mean you're dealing with highlights but so, like there were three incredibly bad decisions in the highlights package. In any event, Longford got the win, 
If Galway United had beaten Drogheda, which they didn't, there would be three points between first and second last. This is an insane first division. I was so wondering far. Where, why Galway United were relevant again. The first reference is straight. If to Galway United, <laughs> Galway United, I'm surprised Galway United didn't get a mention in the Irish uh, FAI chat earlier. I've got to give Enda Curran a mention. Their former, no, you don't. Their former <laughs> fan, don't. Uh, the former striker, partly responsible for the crippling hangover that I have today. Um, just met him after the game, and uh, really, right. yeah, Enda, yeah. Is he playing at all? Or uh, he's playing a bit of ball, yeah, um, but he's obviously not involved. Yeah, I yeah. think. I actually, yeah, Inda was there anyway. But um, how many other people did you meet last night? John? I was. It was one of those nights. Just uh, that wasn't yeah. in the conference. Who, who else? Who else did you meet? Posted up a photo. Who did you? Post? Oh, Turlock O'Connor. Turlock O'Connor. Yeah, oh. what an absolute gent. Yeah, an nice absolute man, gent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you would have encountered Turlock a couple of times. I would have. Yeah. Not playing though. How old do you think I am? Jesus' sake! I meant, I meant him on the sidelines. I wasn't even born w- then. Watching, watching Harry Kenny on the side from from the side. Did you play against that loan in their pump? No, you just. Oh, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. St. Yeah. Miles Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What a ground! Then, yeah, brilliant. Ah, like, just like so old school. Yeah, I was crowd right on top of you around yeah. that wall. Changing rooms, no bigger than this uh, room here. Yeah, and this is not and a big room. Just to be clear, we're in a small room here. <laughs> yeah. And one shower between 20 lads. Like, yeah. St. Mel's was a dump, but there was something a bit romantic about That's it. That's right, well. there was, yeah. 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 Tor- Torlick was in great form and very aware of how well Atlone are doing as well. We're talking about that for a I while. I'm trying to think, you would have played with Noel Larkin, right? Larko, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, who would have been, who would been that lone man who played for Shamrock Rovers. That's right, right. yeah, because he was at the the soccer writers' dinner earlier. He That's came back right. from Australia for the soccer writers' yeah. dinner, and uh, it was mentioned on stage that No Larkin was here. Now I was actually at his table, and he misheard, and I thought that they that they call said to call him <laughs> up the stage. So he got up and started walking yeah. through like this room. It's like of an Alapartage moment. It was. Like, <laughs> well, he actually said to him, "Where are you going? He's not calling you up." <laughs> but anyway, at that stage, he was gone past table 12 he was, yeah. and he was getting closer to the stage and he just sort of arrived up next to the MC to uh, complete I had a few jars out of him he did the was, so I was yeah. at a table with the, lo- the Rovers uh, the four in a row team you know from, yeah. from various generations well, I don't think you were at that table I was at the Pats you were at the table, table. Yeah, yeah. But you, you must have been looking over at the Rovers uh, thinking I was up and down a few times yeah, yeah I was Pat yeah. Byrne <laughs> Pat Byrne was there. You didn't there. know what table to go to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, but I couldn't. <laughs> Pat Byrne was there. I think, I'm trying to think who else was at the table. Mick, Mick Byrne, Byrne was yeah. there. Jacko was there, I think. Ja- yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it must be great, though, when that group meet up. Oh, yeah. it's great. We don't meet that often, uh, but uh, when you get a few together, it's a good crack, yeah. 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 We should mention uh, Mark as well. What's he up to nowadays? Uh, geez, a player I was so fond of when he was playing for Rovers. No, Mark, uh, speaking of the FEI, works with the FEI as a development officer in there, so... What's his um, day-to-day? Uh, working with the FEI, he, he's in the Crumlin area, just uh, in and out of schools and whatever else he does as a development officer, working with the council. So, yeah, that's what he's when doing. I, when I went yeah. to see the National Football Exhibition in uh, the one that was in Dublin Castle, Mark was there. He was actually sort of, he was the, the FEI staff were doing a bit of... Smashing baller in his day. Just meet, meet and greet her. He was sort of just there doing a bit of work on the day and stuff like that. Oh, Mark so, uh, was a great player. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, fairness, yeah. Player. He was one of them players that like... Like he was playing right wing, whereas he probably should have been a ten or whatever. Oh, the, the midfield player, proper yeah. six, like, baller. Yeah, if he'd have got them balls that Whelan got last night, you know, that's his, that's his game. But I think he, I think he's another one of those players that, with respect, like if he'd come along now in the era where the league was 
Totally really full time. Yeah. yeah, he could have gone and to another, better pitches, like. another level. That's right. Yeah. That's you know? right. Yeah, playing yeah. better pitches with better standard of football. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, um, when you're thinking of the likes of Tony Sherrod and the players that were probably in the League of Ireland at the wrong time, Eddie Gormley, Eddie Gormley, know? like yeah. these were like these were players that could have played nearly at any level. Well, they came yeah. home and they had to be part time because they didn't really have the option. That's yeah. right. To be yeah, any other way. No Whereas then, now yeah. you've got lads who've got a chance to work and to do. Yeah. The strength and the condition. Have the a go work. at it, yeah. yeah. The, the, right. the first vision results as well, just Cove 2, Shells 1. Um, oh, this, this is an amazing result. Go United nil, draw to 1. That lone nil, Longford 1. Wexford 2, Bray nil. Who saw That's that? That's a coming? bit of a shocker, That's yeah. That's a shock, yeah. And yeah. Cabin Teeley, um, which I'll be visiting on Friday night, 1, Limerick 2. Bray play Cove, uh, Cabin Teeley, Go United, draw to Wexford. Limerick at Lone and Longford Shells in the big game on Saturday night, which the boy Owen, who's doing the sound here, is talking to going to see his mate uh, Luke Byrne. Um, but before we go, we do have a couple of tweets. tweets now, I think we're, we're time is tight, so we're going to make this quick fire tweets. Two questions, and we need two word answers to these questions. The Rover's job uh, is kind of. We can, I'm dropping that question. Yeah, okay. Dropping that question. We've discussed it earlier on. So the Rover's job, because. <laughs> <laughs> Harry is two. For, we need two word answers. Harry has two forwards that would be a handful for most defenders. Can this Pats fan expect to see us go two up top anytime soon? Good question. I've already played uh, <laughs> two up top this season and it didn't work too cleverly, so not anytime when soon, now. Uh, when I played 3 5 2, um, who was it against? It was against Harps, actually, yeah. The start of the season. You yeah. played 3 5 2 against Cork, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. you change it because... Yeah, I did. I, I played Forrester up with uh, Mikey Drennan, yeah. yeah. Before I'm not sure you call him up front now, but... Uh, yeah, okay, I know, yeah. yeah. That's the anyway. yeah. Before the se- Two words. Before the season started, <laughs> yeah. where did you think you should be in the table at this stage of the season? And how does it compare to your actual position? That's Jason Shanahan with that one. Tony Man, Jason. Yeah. Well, I'm a little bit disappointed where we are at the minute. I would have thought we would have been in around uh, the top four. But in saying that... If we win Friday, we're level with Bowles, who are, what, second or third in the third table? Third at the so moment, yeah. Third. So it can, we're at the stage yeah. of the season where things can change. Yeah, very quickly. quickly. Three wins, yeah. You know? Tony yeah. Mulraney, who sent in that question, is very good friends with Gary Shaw's dad. Both of them work for the Turf Club. Oh, ah, you, well, you, so you stitched me up there, stitched, yeah. You know, yeah. you stitched, yeah. actually stitched Gary Shaw up, Johnny. So yeah. good work on that. There is a bit of a, there is a bit of a, a bit of a loyalty there from Tony, I think. Yeah. Um, so but, that definitely won't happen. So <laughs> after, but, but Gary's a great option to bring on. In fairness, that you can change it up. Okay, Johnny, just let so it go. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's injured at the minute, so uh, I'm not too sure whether he'd be available for Friday night. But uh, great fella, great attitude. He'll get his chance. Thanks a million for coming in and changing your clobber. Yeah, I've got to go back down there and change again. So uh, we say, oh, we get on there. It's me again. <laughs> we, we should probably head in there before every show, John. To be <laughs> See what uh, happens. Dan, enjoy the rest of the week, the weekend, whatever it entails. And uh, thanks for listening. But there are limits to your life.